Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. I love being here. At home? With you. I love being here with you. This is a sweet time just to like sit and chat with you. Actually, earlier this evening, my neighbor was asking me like what I was doing tonight because I was off to go do something. And I was like, oh, I'm recording podcasts tonight. And she was like, oh, that's so great. And I was having a moment of like, I have to go do a thing. And you know, when you're doing the thing, you're like, I love doing the thing. But sometimes thinking about doing the thing is hard. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I think I'd rather just kind of like be home tonight, whatever. And she was like, but you love talking to Tiffany and you guys always like have great episode, whatever. And she was like, so encouraging. And I was like, yes, that is right. And it totally helped me see my whole perspective differently. It's so easy for me to get swept up in the like, oh, like the, the drudgery of either needing to do something or whether that's on my to-do list for actually just doing life or even just health stuff where I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do this thing again. Oh my gosh, I have to go work out again, right? I need to go do these things again. But how, when that perspective shifts of either one, just showing up and doing it and feeling good about doing it, but even just being reminded about the worthiness of the thing. I don't know. It was like really encouraging to me tonight. And I was thinking about as you know as I was walking home the long walk from the next door neighbor's house and just thinking about how often we just kind of lose ourselves in that to-do list and you're just sort of going from one thing to the next whether it's in your life or like I was saying some of your health stuff right like I gotta take these supplements okay yep they told me to do some dry brushing and got to take my detox bath, right? All of the things. And you're like, oh, this is like, so it just seems heavy to do the things, but how worthy the actual doing of them is. I don't know. I was just really encouraged. Well, now I'm encouraged. It's, you know, sometimes I get into like a negative headspace about some of those pieces, right? Is this even making a difference, right? This supplement that I'm taking or this, thing that I'm trying to implement for my health for the third month in a row and I'm not right and the worthiness of actually showing up and doing the thing it's good yeah one of my kids has some anxiety about starting new things and she recognizes it that that the thinking about it is the anxious part and getting started actually feels fine. And then that feeling goes away and she's good to go for the thing. Usually it's a new trying out something new or a new environment or something that's unexpected and out of control or whatever. And so I'm always her and I, we just have this, you know, little banter that goes back and forth as she's sharing that. And she's like, I know it will be better once I get started. (laughs) But then I have to coach myself with that, too, of like, no, I don't want to leave my house at six o'clock at night and drive to the office and unpack the equipment and realize I forgot something and kind of forgot to finish the note on this entire podcast episode. And but then I get to sit here and 
talk to my friend about things that I really care about and we know that it impacts other women and that they're able to see their bodies and their experiences as a positive thing and it is worth it. Yeah. And sometimes I look at what we share for like clients who come in, like well woman clients and we're creating care plans. And I'm like, I'm creating this robust thing. And then I always have to remind them like, okay, you can just kind of like take and pick what you'd like, but also I would really encourage you to step into this and recognize it as a worthy endeavor despite the fact that it comes with a bunch of different steps that you may need to shift a lot of things in your life around to, you know, necessitate, but it will be worth it. It pretty much is that first step, even if it's small, to just do do the thing. Yeah, I mean, once you've looked at and assessed the plan and you agree with the plan, you really got to stick with the plan. It's so easy to scram from the plan that's why i think i said earlier well if you need to reschedule that's fine too (laughs) i was like kelly no and no i'm so glad we did it and i'm so glad we're here but anyway little deep thoughts from my walk back from my neighbor's house i love it so thank you and i love your neighbor she's pretty great she gave us electrical outlet plugs for our office We had some tiny babies who were trying to electrocute themselves all day. I don't know what it was about today. Every, had five visits in here. One child from every single family that came in here was just vehemently like (laughs) after the out. And I'm like, I know you can't stick your finger in there. I know I don't have anything in here you can grab that you can actually stick in there. I'm just not comfortable with the fact that we have exposed outlets all of a sudden. Four months later, what are we thinking? I don't know what we were thinking. I think a lot of those postpartum visits maybe had like babies who just weren't really moving much. And now everyone's getting big and wants to electrocute themselves. Yes. So thank you to Kelly's neighbor who has provided some baby proofing for our office. This is a safer place to bring your child now. (laughs) I also got her on the sauna bag train. And she's gotten friends on the sauna bag train. So I feel like there's an entire tree of sauna bag lovers from this podcast. I hope that anybody who is using the sauna bag happily reaches out to let us know because I feel like we talk about it so much because we love it so much. I would love to know if anyone's like, you were right. We were right. We, I know we were right. <laughs> I am not going back on that. I was thinking about it even just a minute ago when you were telling your story. I was like, I want to go home and get in my sauna bag. That's how good. Today we're talking about sustainable midwifery, and this is an exciting topic for us and may or may not be an exciting topic for the people who are listening today. You'll be interested in, maybe it'll help you choose a practice in a particular way. Maybe it'll help you sort out your own midwifery practice. Maybe you're a doula and you're interested in just sustainability. Maybe you're just somebody in some kind of profession that is looking for the idea of sustainability, depending on whatever it is that you do, but just wanting to do a thing long-term well, especially amidst, if it's a hard, if it's, if it's a really heavy load that you're carrying in whatever it is you're doing. So the way that we learned about sustainable midwifery is if you guys pop back two episodes, you will hear in our studentship, the experience that we had learning midwifery was predominantly from 
midwives who were solo midwives. So they did every single thing in their practice themselves, which ended up kind of swallowing their lives and is a very common phenomenon in midwifery because it tends to be that way. We tend to be really independent practitioners, especially if we do home birth and we're just used to being this one woman show and really kind of take on the primary identity as midwife and all the other identities kind of fall away as secondary. And as you guys have heard, that is not what Kelly and I wanted for ourselves. It's not what we wanted for our families. It's not what we wanted just for our own hearts. And so it took a lot of thinking through how are we going to practice differently in order to not be completely consumed by this work or to find supreme value in this role, how to keep our families more front and center, how to keep a lot of things more front and center. And we received the encouragement to start to figure it out through a midwife that we found, I think, giving some kind of talk at a conference. Oh, so what I remember was we had a we had a Facebook group or something of student midwives in San Diego and you shared her YouTube video there. I hadn't seen it before you shared it. And I don't even think we were thinking about practicing together at that point. And I didn't know you as like that well at that point. I knew I knew you, but not super close. And I was like, aha, <laughs> I think I have found something here. This video that went through how, why midwives are burning out, how there actually is another way. It's just that nobody's really seeing it done and why that actually matters. Yeah. Her name is Madeline Murray. She's the founder of Believe in Midwifery. She has an entire course now called Believe in Sustainable Midwifery. Yeah, Believe in Midwifery's Guide to Sustainable Midwifery. Okay, which you can find at believeinmidwifery.com. It's also in some curriculum from for some midwifery schools, which is incredible. Love that. And if you're already a midwife and you're interested in diving into this information, I think you can get CEUs for taking it. There's like a ton. I think yeah. there's like 10 or something. It's amazing. Great. So she got us first thinking about the concept that we could make our midwifery practice whatever we wanted to. Which sounds maybe to some people like, duh. But when you haven't seen something be done differently than you just run your own practice, this is how this goes. It really was so freeing and so exciting and so like honestly mind-blowing that we could do the work that we loved in a different way that still honored the other pieces of our lives too. So the concept of sustainable midwifery, it's going to look different for everybody. But the main thing that I have taken away from it as the paramount piece of it is you cannot do it alone. So you just need to get over the fact that like you are going to have to ask for help and you have to have planned and regular time off. And there's multiple ways to do that. And like I said, that's going to be different for everybody, but we're going to unpack a little bit some of the, some of the ways that we have created sustainability in our practice and how we want to encourage other midwives, other care providers to do the same. Yeah. I think back to being a student and being on call for so many women. So, you know, in one month at one time for so many months on end. And the way that I was able to do that was thinking to myself, there's an end to this, right? 
recognizing in the midst of thinking that, okay, well, this is not what I want to do, right? This is not how I can actually thrive and live and be healthy and happy person, right? And so in recognizing, okay, we wanted to do something different. We knew like that route of being completely not sustainable was not the road that we wanted to go down. We started thinking about all of the different ways that that actually can start to play out. Like how can we create some kind of system that feels more sustainable? And what we knew, like Tiff was saying, we didn't want to do that all by ourselves. We didn't want to go it alone. And so creating a partnership between the two of us was easily the smartest thing that we have ever thought of in our business, for sure, because we knew the other one would support the other one, right? And we would be able to be able to share a bit of that burden. With that being said, with the two of us, we bring two people to every birth. We're still on call at the same time, right? Still having the same amount of kind of pressure in that way. So there are there are some benefits and some drawbacks for sure. The benefits for me way outweigh some of those pieces of drawbacks, but we've had to get creative with how to sort out a, a few of those drawbacks. But there are more people that you can bring in on top of that as well. There are midwifery groups that have more than two midwives, right? Three, four, five midwives where, yeah, maybe you're not getting the same exact midwife in each visit, but maybe maybe your practice is set up so that you do, right? But you do have a bit more the ability to be like, this is my consistent week off. This is the time where I'm in clinic during this time, right? There are some ways that you can communicate to create proper boundaries where you can have some semblance of an understanding of what your calendar may look like more so than just being solo. Yeah, and a big part of that for me was kind of untangling the concept that my clients need me and only me. And I am the only one who is going to produce the type of experience or outcome that they're looking for. And that is 0% actually possible. I think maybe even some clients may think that, right? Like this is the person who's going to make the, the thing when it comes down to it it's the it's the style of care it's the love it's the skilled hands that can be sat upon if they need to be that really and it's her right and her family that actually make that experience and so there's a lot of identity stuff that goes along with midwifery i don't know i don't know if it's in other <laughs> lines of work in the in this particular way but there is a lot of pride that comes along with midwifery, whether somebody would call it pride or not. It's the putting of yourself in the center of the experience. And once you start realize you are realize you're doing that, you're like, oh, nope, I'm thinking about this. This is upside down, actually, because it's not actually about me. And once we started to play around with that, especially with our schedule and things like that, it became very clear. No, it's actually it's actually not about me. It really is about the client. Yeah. And I mean, Kelly and I are for sure so blessed that we align in so many ways. It is truly just a grace 
that we end up agreeing on tons of things clinically, tons of things business-wise. We have similar enough personalities that our clients are getting about the same level of enthusiasm and care. And so I think that that helps, but that is not what makes or breaks this situation at all. So I know that there's women who are listening right now who are like, well, I am considering somebody, but they just, you know, aren't as this or that or the other. It is workable and it is worth working on for just the longevity of your practice and being able to serve women well. There has to be a little bit of compromise in order to make that happen. Let's talk a little bit about some of the ways that we have split up responsibilities so that the other midwife can have a break from things. Yeah, so like I mentioned, sometimes it's not that we're we're giving off call time when the other person is on call because that's not really how that works when it's just the two of us. But what we get to do and what's sweet is that we have, and we've messed around with it multiple times over the last few years to figure out what is a good flow. But currently what we get to do is shift who is the primary call and who is the second like assist person. So primary that week, right now we're in like a two week flow that week that you are on as primary you're manning the phones so if there's any texts that come through if there's any phone calls if somebody calls and they are in labor you're triaging you're kind of asking all of the questions you're attending the birth usually first to sort of see what's going on you'll give feedback to the other midwife when you have feedback to give or when they're needed and we're doing you know just supporting clinically as the first person in that role that week. The other person gets to turn off their notifications. You can have do not disturb on your phone all you would like because we're each other's like on our favorites list. So that call will come through if it's needed. You can kind of hibernate and hide out as much as you would like. The other things that we've sw- we've swapped off on, it just kind of depends on the week. I think right now we're in a groove of having email responses, like some of the admin stuff as well on that week so that you're like, I'm answering emails, I'm connecting with the clients, all of the administration, administrative stuff behind the scenes I'm taking care of while the other person is still on call and still, you know, usually they're on social media or something like that that week. But there's such a gift in not being, not having to do both or all of the things all at once, always. Right. And so being able to be like, oh man, that week was like a heavy email week. I was on my computer a lot or whatever. And then being like, okay, I'm going to tap out from that. Or maybe that's not my strong suit or something, right? Okay, well, I have my partner or my partners. Their strong suit is administrative stuff. That's going to be kind of their lane. Your strong suit is client communication or whatever, right? And so being able to recognize how you can share responsibilities, but also how to care for the other people that you are working with so that you can lift them up in what their skill set is too. Yeah, I mean, like one example of this is I do our bookkeeping and you do all of our supply ordering and management and inventory. And I would be the worst bookkeeper in the history of histories. And I don't even know how to order a thing. If Kelly dies and I have to go get more medical supplies somewhere, I don't even, I don't even know. I could probably log into the place and then look at the order history. Okay. I could figure it out. Maybe you you could figure it out. I could use 
I could hire somebody to do QuickBooks. <laughs> we would survive without each other. It's been okay, established. Great. Okay, great. But I think that's a sweet part of this is that we there are some natural giftings and natural inclinations for certain things that just sort of started to fall. That we were like, let's just establish this is your lane, this is my lane. Because why try to split it completely down the middle always when we both have... We both do have different giftings. As alike as we are in in certain ways, we do have our own things that we can then honor in in that way too. Yeah, so it doesn't not everything has to get completely split down the middle, but it is nice to share that first call because that's a part of the heightened sense of stress of being on call. When we had a third my a third midwife working with us, we had regular time off of call scheduled in. So we had two people on and one person off. How we make that work with Kelly and I now is we just block off time on the calendar where we're not taking due dates because we know that we need regular time off call, you know, to fulfill commitments, to take vacations, to just, you know, decompress and let our nervous systems re-regulate. And we also have the ability with a couple midwives in our community that we're close with that we can hire them for short periods of time. Like if I want to go to a wedding or if one of us just wants to be like off call for something certain that we don't have a lot of time to plan for, we can have somebody on backup. And we know that like that will be disappointing if we go to a birth and our clients don't have both of us there because that's what everybody would prefer. But also we need to have some life balance and our clients will have one of their midwives, one of their familiar midwives. And so there's always continuity that is built in very thoughtfully to the way that we do sustainability. I think that that's a sweet part is that it actually does. It's not just a benefit to us. It is a benefit to the client. They will always have somebody that they know and have connected with over the months with them rather than if it was solo and if we were in solo practice and just had to get an entire new team to show up at somebody's house, which happens sometimes for other practices and it's not like that ruins anything but it it does throw a wrench in a situation that isn't quite what we have to experience which is super super nice and like Tiff was saying when we had three we would go one week off and then one week as primary one week as assist one week off right and we kind of messed around with who was on email each week and how we supported those different pieces that is one way to go about it. There are other ways that we've seen other midwives in our community and other communities that I've seen online too, just through Instagram who have shared with us like, okay, well, we each have our own businesses that we run, but we also work really intertwined with each other so that we always know we have this type of support or this person can cover clinic when I'm sleeping off after a birth or something, right? So the piece of it is communicating also with other birth workers, creating a bit of a network and being willing to put yourself out there to meet some of the people in your community, even if your community is not necessarily known as being very open and willing to work together. It's still worth it to to push into it and see what is available for you. Certainly, one of the pieces of this is In a solo practice, you get to keep all your money, right? You get to pocket the money that you make and you get to do with it what you would like. So there is a bit of a financial pivot that's done when you are sharing the load with other people, which in our situation is so significantly worth it that it makes complete sense 
but I recognize that that is a barrier for other people looking towards sustainability too. Yeah, I think it especially is a consideration with opening your practice because for us that was pretty slow going that first year, year and a half, just because finances were really tight with having to split everything while you're trying to grow a practice, while you're trying to you know, invest back in your practice. And thankfully we had, you know, the financial security of our husbands and their work and such like that, that we were able to do that. But I can see other midwives that we know in other circumstances where like they just need to be able to support their families really quickly, which can still be done in a partnership. It just needs to be a little bit more creative. Kelly and I also knew from the very beginning that we were never going to run a really busy practice. We had both worked in busy practices at certain points in our studentship. We had seen how that looks from the outside. When we looked in at other midwives practices, we had felt the impact of that on our families. And the thing that I think made probably one of the biggest, I guess, weighed the heaviest for me in that decision was how quickly the care of the client can decline when you are very busy without a lot of extra support. And so I even noticed that over this last year when we got really busy, not unexpectedly, but we're doing doing more work than we had uh, planned for just the two of us, how tempting it was to start to think about cutting corners and laxing in certain areas and Thankfully, I don't think that our clients experienced that from us, but you know what that feels like when you're being taken care of by somebody who is just exhausted all the time. And I don't want to be responsible for giving care like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's an easy it's easy for me to witness practices like that and say, well, of course, your boundaries are so tight. Of course, this is how you communicate. Of course, of course, of course when not it's not that those things are wrong it's just that's not what i want to do that's not what i want to keep giving that's not how i want to show up and so yeah we do want to do our first six weeks of postpartum visits in your home that in and of itself shifts how many clients we're able to take on otherwise we're driving to somebody's house multiple people's houses all week right and so it's a helpful thing to recognize how do I want to practice how do I want to structure this and then work backwards also sometimes to figure out how can I make that a reality because sometimes it does take a good amount of strategizing but the great thing is is that if you look around and you don't see it happening it doesn't mean that it can't happen it's you get to look and see what you would like and then guess what you get to create it And I think that's one of the most exciting things about being a midwife starting a practice like this. It can feel really daunting, especially if you're not necessarily like entrepreneur minded, but I think you actually are underneath it because you want to see what do you, how do you want to practice? What do you want that to look like? Okay, then take a step back. How, 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 right? Keep asking how and keep asking why, and then you'll kind of get down to the nitty gritty of it. And then you can figure out, okay, well, in order to support that, what do I need to bring on here and what's going to, how can I weigh the different pieces of what's going to be worth it? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that means changing, uh, changing some pieces of your practice. For example, there's times when we limit how many first time moms we take care of because 
they just generally need more time and we just know what our capacity is. There's also times where we've had to tighten in our boundary of our travel capacity. And of course, it would be totally fine to go just a little bit further for this one family this one time. But we know that a part of caring for ourselves well is holding that boundary because it's really important that we do those six visits in the home. And we know that if we're driving an hour away that that is gonna that won't be sustainable for us so there's a lot of those pieces that you have so much control over which makes it really exciting to come outside of an environment or outside of a practice where you don't feel like you have that control and just really spend some time imagining and being creative with those pieces you can literally do anything that you want with them yeah and that kind of that's like that aspect of it is firing me up because i think that there's so that the sky's the limit on what is available, but you may recognize, like, like you were just saying, you may recognize, okay, I'm doing this, but actually this isn't quite working. Okay. What do I need to tweak here? Okay. The boundary does need to come in a little bit more or, oh, actually I do need to hire a virtual assistant who can help with these particular things. Oh, actually these emails just are really overwhelming to me or this bookkeeping. I just can't do it. Right. Okay. Well, how do you need to pivot a little bit and what kind of needs do you have personally? Do you have professionally? What kind of needs are your clients having? And what kind of needs does your business have? And pivot to start to meet some of those in potentially creative ways. When we first sat down to talk about working together, I don't think we really realized that we were sitting down to talk about working together. Yeah, we were kind of chatting about like, okay, school was crazy what is like, what is your vision going forward from this entire experience? Yeah. And we were kind of like, I don't know, but maybe it could be like, kind of like this, but I just have no idea how that could possibly be. And so I also want to encourage ladies to just have conversations. I felt like we, you and I were like almost talking about something taboo in saying, Hey, so like what I'm seeing around me isn't working. It's like kind of messed up, right? Yeah, no, it's not working at all. Okay, great. Here's two people who are willing to say, this is really hard and not sustainable. What can we do about it? And there's there's women out there that just need to hear that. Like, you've just got to start having these conversations with other people and or other midwives and not let your pride get in the way of making it look like you have it all together all the time and everything's fine because this is really hard work and it's worth improving on for the sake of the families that we care for. Absolutely. And, and for the sake of midwifery and more midwives and all of the things that can absolutely start to shift generation, generationally speaking in like these legacies that are left within families because of midwifery care. And so this is, is a worthy endeavor to start to sort through, to start to honestly consider. And if you are somebody who already has a practice and you're like, yes, this is overwhelming, right? It is okay to pivot, right? And if you're a student and you're like, dang, I haven't seen that before. Yeah, it's okay to be innovative. And if you're somebody who's like, well, I'm a doula, I don't, whatever, it's okay to start talking to other birth workers and communicate your needs. I would be surprised if something didn't stick at some point, right? <laughs> you weren't the first person I talked to about this, like, this is hard, right? And I'd be like, oh, I'm not quite getting the feedback that I anticipated. Or it was filtered in some particular way that didn't really make sense or we didn't align on a lot of things, right? And we weren't, like, we didn't, we weren't best friends before we had that conversation, right? We knew each other 
ish. Yeah, like I knew of you, <laughs> knew you in passing. Hey, it's weird to think about a time <laughs> in the before, but that the sweetness of like the relationship building over time not only personally but professionally too it's been really sweet to lean into that and all stemming from a conversation right it's encouraging a gift we have two Reese's two resources I cannot make words Eh. today Reese's I have two Reese's that sounds delicious I that's one of my favorite candies (laughs) I gotta say I found a reel on how to make them from home and my kids were like oh no and I was like no it's healthier Healthy chocolate. Uh, okay, for you. we have two resources mm-hmm. for listeners today. The first one is Roadmap to Sustainability. That is a free download in the show notes that will kind of outline how do you even approach sustainability? What are the steps to working towards it? How do you know if it's working, etc.? Super helpful. And number two, we do virtual converse- conversations. <laughs> And we'll eat Reese's together. Crud. It'll be great. We do. It is a virtual conversation. And it's also a consultation. (laughs) For business owners or students who are just graduating and looking to set up sustainability, we are just an open book for women who want to sit down with us for an hour and ask us all the questions about how we structured our business, the different, you know, entity options, how, you know, we divide things up. Financially, time-wise, everything, we want to just be a a part of strategy making for other practices trying to do the same thing. And so that is available by sending us an email. We can set that up with other hopefuls. Yes. And that is super fun to do because we get to be really clear about like, well, here's like our overhead. Here's the money that's bringing in. Here's where this is going. Here's what's working for us. Here's what's actually not. If we could start over again, here's maybe what how we would have approached things differently or whatever. Just some wisdom to share. So we would love to share it. So if this is like piquing your interest at all, please shoot us an email because that would be a fun time. This is the end of our Mama Midwife series. I hope that was fun for you guys to listen, get an insider view on some of these pieces of behind the scenes work I know it was really great for us to share and just process and know that we're you know putting that information out there for everyone we'll be back to your regular scheduled programming next week we'll see you on Monday bye ladies